0: What's good, everybody? It's your man, The Voice, Trackstar Sports MMA correspondent with my man, the Bearded Moose, Josh Moosel. And we are bringing you Aftermath. That's right. The brand-new MMA show on the Trackstars Network where we cover what happened in the week before
1: N-M-M-A.
0: What's going on, my man, Bearded Moose?
1: Oh, man, what an honor to be back on the show. The new name is already just, I'm super psyched every time I hear you say it.
0: <laughs> well, cool. I'm, I'm glad that um, that I can provide a little life in that fashion, and hopefully all the fight fans out there are equally as excited about man. I know I am. I like saying it, aftermath. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's get into it. Uh, we'll start off with one championship, Grit and Glory, took place in Jakarta, uh, Indonesia. And, man, I, I like one. I've always liked one. It's just that uh, being a fight fan is a... Uh, well, I, I can't say that it's any more expensive than being a fan of any other sport because if you're an NBA fan, you're probably purchasing league pass. That's a good couple hundred dollars a year. Same thing with NFL. You're probably purchasing that package so you can see all the games you can. And, yeah, with uh, with being an MMA fan, you got to have certain packages to catch the fights. You need to have fight pass. You need to pay for other stuff, so I was like, man. So I had not uh, invested in one before, though they know they have great, great fights. Fortunately, with it being free now, I can see some different things, and man, man, man. Uh, Alex Silva, he was going for his first defense of the one strawweight belt, but that did not go as planned. Uh, The former champ, uh, Nobita, is the former champ no more? He regained his title in a tightly contested split decision. As anticipated, it was a grapple-heavy bout with some beautiful sweeps and changes of momentum. Uh, this allowed Yosh- Yoshitaka Naito, uh, which you know no- Nobita is his nickname, and I- it comes from one of those minds, Digimon, Pokemon. Uh, <laughs> Yu-Gi-Oh, it, it comes from, from
1: that world.
0: I, I'm not in that world, so I don't know. But anyway, um, he avenged his only pro-loss, and this marks the second loss of Silva's career, and both of them have to championship-caliber opponents. Of the other one was to the current one interim uh, flyweight champion. So, you know, you can't be upset when you lose into champions. Uh, although he wasn't a champion at that time, but still, his, the guy's a champion now. So um, it, it it at least helps to soften that blow. Uh, the other fight that I was spotlighting for this card, because the one of the fights, I, it must have fallen out uh, because I didn't see any results on him, which was no face. I was fighting uh, uh, Rafael Nunes. But I didn't see any results on that whatsoever anywhere, so I take it that that fight fell out. Uh, but that's Big Dash, who was the one middleweight champion. Before he lost his middleweight belt in a rematch to the current champion, Ong La Song. that he was undefeated. But he lost it, and now in his short career, he's on two-fight losing streak, as he also lost his fight with Leandro Atahides. Uh and that fight was to set up the next challenger for the strap. So, unfortunately, Vitaly won't be able to get that one back, at least not right now. He had been out for quite some time, about six months or so before this fight. He you know, may have been just healing, may have also been working on some skills, but it uh, looks like he needs to go back to the drawing board. Because not only did he lose to but uh, he suffered his first KO loss as well in his career. Uh, Atayidis uh, stated last week he trains out of the famed Novo Miao in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. And Novo Miao, as you know, they're known for the lighter weight fighters. Uh, what I was unaware of at that time until watching UFC 224 was that Tyler Chalaches is out of Noble and Yao too. So he does have some high level uh partners to train with there as latest once challenged for the UFC title uh, many, many moments ago against the GOAT Anderson Silva. But yeah, that is one. Let's move on to our uh, league of choice, uh, Belt Tour. So uh, third. Yeah, that so I know it it opened up with a fight between Carrington Banks and Adam Pickabody. Uh that fight ended uh what round did that one end? Uh I believe it was the the last 20 seconds of the third round. That's right. You're right. It, it was the yeah, last minute. Go go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to, to cut you off.
1: Oh, no. That was uh yeah, I was uh watching that fight. Um I I'm honestly surprised it took that long um it seemed the first round pickalotti was really uh as a matter of fact big john talked about it uh and um uh thompson talked about it as well for in, a, in a little uh kind of a side when when he was grappling but his first round he came out and he was a little more nervous about his wrestling uh, he wasn't sure if he would be able to wrestle with carrington banks and, and it seemed like every time banks would take Piccolotti down he, he, he was on the ground long enough for his butt to touch the canvas and he was getting right, right back up and you saw from the first round, to the second round that confidence build. And then from the second round to the third round, I mean, he, he turned into a completely different fighter. Um, the fighter that had gone on, on his win streak. Um, he kind of, he let loose more. And when he was taking control both on the ground, uh, I mean, his scrambles were fantastic. Uh, being able to slip into the body triangle, he did it, uh, twice in the third round, once mm-hmm. in the second round, and one of them was so smooth, I think he had it locked before both fighters hit the ground on the takedown. It was it was incredible.
0: Yeah, yeah, Adam Piccolati, uh, definitely impressed in that victory and handed the Jet Setter his first professional loss. All right, that next fight, which was the Voices Marquee matchup for... Bellator 199 was Aaron Pico versus Lee Morrison. Now, it's funny. I know we we talked earlier in the week about (laughs) this, and I told you, I said, well, I don't think he has a nickname. I'm going to call him Pick Apart Pico. And then you pointed out that um, uh, Mauro Ranallo said he's got to spell his last name differently. It's got to be (laughs) P-I-K-O.
1: That was one of my favorite uh, little Ronaldo snippets um, I had heard in a while it was just it was perfect you know
0: yeah that that it was um it was it was first round ko wasn't
1: it uh yeah um i'm trying to think exactly the time but it it couldn't have been within two minutes um another super quick left hand um uh, another liver shot which uh, i remember watching his last fight where he he got the the ko with the liver shot and i said i had never seen a person get punched in the liver and and go down in the fight mm-hmm. side and now i have seen it in consecutive fights with eric right. <laughs> i've seen i've seen kicks i've seen um spinning though i've seen even a, a crazy up elbow never seen a punch and now i've seen it twice so it's interesting
0: yeah, that it is. That it is, and he definitely did his thing. Um, I mean, it, it, it was crazy because not only was it a liver shot, it was like somewhat uh, uppercutish to the body, and mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know that it hurt him because not only did he uh, did he succumb to it, but he uh, did a flip. I was like, oh my <laughs> goodness, who? Who does a flip from getting punched in the body? Yeah, but that that was that was crazy. That was yeah, crazy. he yeah. he
1: tried his darnest to get out of there as fast as he could once he caught that shot. He was I think he was trying to recover, but once he got back to his hands and knees, he just he just collapsed again, and and at that point, it was a good stoppage. Yeah, yeah, it was it was, and uh, congrats to Pico
0: for adding to. His um, highlight reel seems like with the exception of – well, not even the exception. All of his fights have been highlight reel fights. Just unfortunately, the first one was a highlight reel the opposite way. Yes. (laughs) A lot lot of people have been talking about um, the level of competition that Pico has had, but I think they forget. You know, say, oh, he was rushed in in the beginning. He wasn't rushed into that fight with Zach Freeman. Nobody else would take the fight because Mm -hmm. they knew the potential that he had. You know, so I I think people forget about that. when They're like, oh, you know, the the love of competition and blah, blah, blah. It's like it's hard to find fights for a guy who is a high-caliber All-American wrestler and a Golden Gloves boxer just coming up. It's like, yeah, I I don't know that I want to do that one because I'm probably going to lose and I'm not going to look good and the only thing people are going to know me for is losing. You know, so I think people may need to be a bit more um, patient with him. And then also remember that not only was Zach Freeman the only one to take that fight, that fight was at 155 pounds and the rest of his fights have been at 145 where he is – He's he's just destroying it. It obviously mm-hmm. was too much for him to be fighting at 155. And 145 definitely looks like the spot for him. Would I like to see him face someone with a bit more, uh, um, well, you know, I can't even say a bit more name recognition. Or, well, name recognition, yes. Um, history also. But Lee Morrison was 19-9, and nine, I granted. it. Uh, the four-fight winning streak that he was on, none of them were against people who had winning uh, records. But, you know, it's not like he hasn't been around the block and fought people either. So I, I don't know where he goes from here, but just like MVP, uh, whenever he's on a card, probably going to be the Voices marquee matchup because I'm just so interested in seeing what happens and, and how things happen and, so far, uh, he's definitely been one to watch.
1: Oh, for sure. Um, and, I mean, he's only been a pro for uh, right at a year. I mean uh, –
0: Yeah, it hasn't even been a so, year yet. His
1: fir- first fight was yeah, at sg right.
0: and that was on the 26th, I think, of June
1: last year. So, yeah, so then we're less than a year. I mean, the people he's fighting are reasonable opponents for a 21-year-old that is just starting – his MMA career. I understand that he's got the background in the wrestling, the background in boxing, um, but as we see, and I don't want to get too far ahead, but in, in other fights in this card, that mixed martial arts plays a very large part, and so just throwing somebody in and saying, well, his level of competition, well, that's the same level of competition anybody that's 2 and one would be fighting. You know, exactly. So, yes, his, you know, you might expect more from him, but you 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 can't hold that against him. I guess is what I'm trying to say. I mean he still only right. has three professional fights or four now, but at the time only had three professional fights, and he was fighting a guy that had 19 wins,
0: um, right. and had fought
1: 20 27 times. I mean that's that's a pretty uh pretty substantial uh, uh, uh career that he's right. had. In, yeah,
0: um, I, I I agree so. with you wholeheartedly. I, like I said, I think people are being a bit too harsh on him because the ceiling is as high as it is. You know, but let's this- let's take a look at really where he is and the people that he's fighting. I mean, his first fight was against someone who only had one loss.
1: <laughs>
0: you know I mean? Mm-hmm. It, it, he, it's not like, you know, he's just been fighting tomato cans. Um, yeah. Now the last two fights, maybe, but this fight and the one before that, I mean, this, this fight and his first fight were with people who've been around the block. So, you know, that, us uh, Let's give the man his just due and kind of pump the brakes and let him uh, grow slowly so that uh, it's not a situation like a Pace Ranzan or a uh, Sage where you throw them out there too quickly and wind up messing them up. And, well, not just them, but also Yair Rodriguez. So he had been building to be fighting Frankie. Yeah, that was. Um, that was too much too soon, and we see what happened with that, but that's a whole nother story. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. All right, check Congo and Javi Ayala. Uh, the darkness. Send <laughs> someone back to the darkness for the first time and I don't know how long.
1: Uh, I don't remember either. I, I had that written down too. Yeah, that was uh... – that was just it was beautiful. I just I enjoyed seeing it. He's a fighter, I've been watching for a long time, Chet Congo, and um it was just it was nice to see it. I think it was on the heels of John McCarthy talking about how he hasn't really knocked anybody out in X amount of years and mm-hmm. within a few seconds he he gets the knock down and then the knock out. And it was just it was too perfect. It was just too great.
0: Yeah, and then that that was really amazing, especially with the person he was fighting because Javier Javi Aiella's last fight was against uh, Big Country, and that fight went the distance, and he gave Big Country a run for his money. You know, He, he was in there. He was a game opponent. He was catching Roy with some shots. Uh, it's just unfortunate this time. He was the one uh, that got caught severely, but knowing that he fought a humongous and a, a decorated and a storied knockout artist like Big Country, and he couldn't get him out there for a check to get him out. That that says a lot. Says oh yes. Lot. All right. The only call, I mean, the only fight on the main card that went the distance uh, was also probably the most uh, talked about, <laughs> the most <laughs> talked about fight. On the card, which was uh John Fitch and paul Daly
1: <laughs>
0: you i I feel like you uh, you texted me while it was going on or soon after about all of the uh the hysterics that were taking place on the card i mean or, or in the fight so get, tell the people your thoughts about um
1: about Paul Daly's outburst <laughs> I, now I'll preface it with saying this and I think I said it in the last show, that I absolutely love watching Paul Daly fight. I mean, the guy is just, he's one of the most electric fighters. He, he's, he is the epitome of what we kind of want Aaron Pico to be as far as his knockout specialist and just that massive left hand. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just prefacing with that. But everybody in the world knew that John Fitch was going to go in this fight and try to take Paul Daly to the ground and mm-hmm. grind him out and keep top position and was going to ground and pound with that where he kind of hugs on your back and he's very strong and he's going to throw punches. We, everybody in the world knew it, it seems, except for Paul Daly. Well, here's because the thing, Because he's going to knock him out or something. And,
0: and he, but he knew it, though. He said in the lead-up to the fight, I know he's going to try to come in and take me to the ground and uh and ground and pound me it's my job to stop him from doing that so by his own admission he knew that that was his game plan too
1: then i guess he just thought he was going to get the knockout before it happened um and 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 granted first round um he he did he did well he got taken down very slowly um kind of in that weird hold him up against the fence i think he finally got like a heel pick and got him on the ground and he stood back up was able to throw and then round two and three it was he threw a punch missed and got it now the part that drives me absolutely nuts is his antics in the last minute in 30 seconds um when he started talking to the camera and i to when it first happened i thought my tv was was messing up because we had storms <laughs> here I thought, I thought i thought the sound was cutting out on my tv and i couldn't figure out i'm like why is it doing this and i'm um I'm, I'm, Kind of rewinding and trying to get it to to, to match up because it, I'm having these long gaps as I can hear John McCarthy or or Mario Renalo uh, uh, talking and it was just cut in and out and then I realized that Paul Daly was uh was yelling at the camera uh, most likely with uh, some profane language and which was cutting it out and right. then he finally went to where he was uh kind of called out Bellator and I believe that the his his uh call out was. You're going to get a ton of fans for this kind of fight, Bellator, and then proceeded to boo his own fight while he was being punched in the face, and it was the strangest thing I might have ever seen in MMA, Um, and for a guy that just a few weeks ago was was talking about um, how he's upset that Bellator keeps him on the shelf too long in between fights, it's I mean, it, to me, you, you have to understand why, right? Like, you can't call out your promotion in the middle of your own fight when you're, when you're losing. And I understand that John Fitch's style of fighting is not the most entertaining. It's not watching Paul Daly knock out somebody with a flying knee or a crazy left. I get it. But at the same time, it is called mixed martial arts for a reason, wrestling, right. grappling, uh, ground control. And John Fitch said it best, in his own uh, I believe when he interviewed I think somebody from MMA Junkie interviewed him and he said that for you just to lay on the ground and hold my wrist because you don't know how to attack to defend my attacks on the ground is the equivalent of me running the outside of the ring while you're trying to punch me in the face exactly and and I and I very I wholeheartedly agree except for John Fitch is the one being booed At at both points, and and I agree that Paul Daly, as much as I enjoy watching him fight, um, it is called mixed martial arts, and if you're not going to learn anything about the ground game, anything about takedown defense, and all you're going to do is whine and complain about it, then there is two sports you can do where none of that exists. You can go to boxing, go back to kickboxing, and Mm -hmm. then just throw punches. And you don't have to worry about a guy taking you out. You don't have to worry about a guy uh, holding you out uh for the end of a round and, and, and winning in a, a relatively boring decision.
0: Yeah, well you know what I'll say this though. Paul Daly was a bit prophetic in his statement because well number one, and you say it was one of the weirdest things that you would seen, uh this is Bellator. So you expect to have <laughs> yes. you expect to have something a little off the wall, a little quirky with Bellator, at least in the Scott Coker era, that has been a staple of Bellator. Um, so I I, did, I agree with Paul Daly. This will get a lot of people watching because they're going to want to know, okay, is something else wacky going to happen? What What's going to happen on Bellator this go-round? Uh, so, I mean, you know, this is the same promotion that not too long ago Conor McGregor made headlines for for interrupting a fight. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) You know, so um, I I agree with Paul Dill. Now, it wasn't as he meant, but he definitely had some – there there was a lot of truth to what he was saying. It just wasn't the way that he meant it to be. But, yeah, I mean, again, this is what everyone has been talking about.
1: And that's what – I find it almost ironic that it seemed like he was – um, he was downplaying the fact that this was a boring fight and, and, and people are going to stop watching Bellator because of it. People aren't going to talk about Bellator because of how boring this fight is. And, and the complete opposite is true because of his rant. <laughs> exactly. Now everybody's watching, everybody's watching that fight now to see why he was complaining. And it, it's probably, I, I would assume that's one of the most watched replayed fights now just to find that little spot where Paul Daly yelling at the camera and yelling at <laughs> Big John. And it's just the, and, the irony
0: of the whole thing was, was too much for me. Yeah. He, he made what was uh, a boring pedestrian affair uh, very noteworthy. So uh, kudos to you. Now, here's the thing that's crazy. He said this is his last fight. And Scott Coker said recently, he was like, all has more fights than he thinks left on his contract, and it doesn't look like he's going to let him go anywhere without fulfilling uh, the contract. And and with everything that he's just done, I wouldn't either. Unfortunately, he's a very sore loser. He seems to be a sore winner as well. He just seems to be uh, just a malcontent right now and not happy with where things are going as far as his career and his life is concerned, you know, and I get it. He's been fighting a long time, you know, many different organizations and never to achieve the the level of success that he feels that he should, yeah, that can be frustrating. That can be mm-hmm. fr- very, very frustrating. Uh, but, he, you know, he's got a choice. Do something else with your life or make the changes that you need to make to
1: achieve the level of success that you're looking to agreed if paul daly just went home and i understand he's been doing it for a long time and and as a matter of fact we talked about it at the time that it's it's hard to change your style it's hard to kind of change um what it is that you do but if paul daly goes back home and goes into a training camp and just says look just get me semi-proficient in how to stop a takedown and then once I get there, semi-proficient on how to actually either hold on to them so the ref stands us up in the proper way, which is what he was trying to do with John Fitch. He was holding mm-hmm. on to that hand. The problem is that's not how you're going to get the – because Fitch at that time is able to keep going for submissions, and he's able to keep punching you in the face. Um, right. So turn turning, you know, grab a hold of the shoulders, pull him in tight. Um, eventually the ref will stand you up. If he can go home and learn just those two teeny tiny little things, Paul Daly becomes – Uh, just that much better of a fighter because his stand-up is already so insane if he can just get to the point where when you put me on the ground i can get myself back up that that eliminates 90 percent of people people's um game plan is just get paul dale on the ground if you can get him on the ground and escape that the knee and escape the left hand you, you almost won the fight i mean you don't really have to do much just stay busy enough that they don't stand you back up and if they do just take him back down again. And, right. and, and you're right, and that frustrates him, and rightfully so, but I, I think it was what I had texted you earlier. You've, you've got to do something about it. You can't just complain about it. Like, that, that comes down to you now. Are you going to do it or not? Exactly,
0: exactly. Are you going to take responsibility for the role that you play in things, or are you just going to continue to blame everyone else for your losses and for your lack of satisfaction. Got to look at the man in the mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, let's move on to the main event, which uh, lasted a grand total of 15 <laughs> seconds. Uh, and the Grand Prix rolls on now with Bader winning the fight over my man, King Mo. Uh, you know shout out to the money Way king what do you think about Mo's statements afterwards saying I'm going down to
1: 185 uh I I didn't know what he was going to say after I'm completely honest him going down um makes sense to me Um, I know he's been fighting uh he seems he's been going up in weight lately and taking those those fight uh those heavyweight fights and I would like to see him having to kind of cut a little bit of weight and and really just be a powerhouse. I mean, I I actually thought that King Mo was going to win this fight. Um, I said something about it on Twitter, said something about it on Facebook, and it didn't take very long for me to be proven wrong. Um, I mean, not to <laughs> anything away from Ryan Bader. Ryan Bader, I believe, is, 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 I I know for a fact, is a great fighter. Um, I just did not expect that, and, I mean, it wasn't like this pure dominant performance. I mean, it, it was one of those where, you know, Mo went low, and he ducked right when when Bader weaved, and, and, and he caught him, and it was unexpected, and he dropped him, and, um, but I, w- I would like to see Mo go to a place where he, where he wants to go, and where I think he can really, um really just kind of just be dominant i mean i know he's i, I say that like he's not been fantastic anywhere he's gone mm-hmm. um but I, I would like him to kind of just you know kind of forge his own path instead of like you said i mean he's the he's the, the money weight champ and you know, he'll go wherever wherever they'll they're willing to to give him money to go i'd like to see him go to someplace that he just wants to go to um yeah and, and, and see how he does and and i think that's a a, a good way to get to and uh It'll be fun to watch. I always like watching King
0: Mo. Yeah, me, me too. And
1: I, I'll, I'll say this uh, regarding
0: him and everything: when he coined the term "money weight," he uh, there was right before moving up to heavyweight for the uh, the rising Grand Prix, and he's like, "I'm money weight. I fight heavyweight, light heavyweight, middleweight." And when he said that, I was like, "Yeah, right. Yeah, I think you're playing." But when looking at things. He only weighed 217 pounds on the day of the fight for this fight with Bader. You know, that's 20 pounds to cut. That's not a great big weight cut. That's about normal as far as weight cuts are concerned for fighters. So with the proper nutrition, I think he could get down there. And then you look at uh, a number of the other notable light heavyweights that have cut down to middleweight recently, uh, Vitor, Leoto, Rashad, uh, Dan Henderson, Gagar Mousasi, who is getting ready to fight for the middleweight title. That will be a wonderful rematch to have. You know, mm-hmm. all, all these people have dropped from 205 to 185, so it's not out of the question. Formal, and like I said, especially with the fact that when he's coming in to fight at heavyweight, he's barely above the heavyweight limit, you know, with, with a
1: little bit of work. He can get down to 185 easily, easily. Yeah, and have, so, and uh, have, heavy, and have heavyweight power. And that's, right. And that's, that's the crazy part is he can be he, – he can, he can move down and have
0: heavyweight power. Right, and, and and that heavyweight and light heavyweight strength that he's had all these years, and, you know, we know how dominant he is in the wrestling area. Just think how much more dominant he will be at 185. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I, I'm all for it. Do it. Uh, now Bellator has some very, um, very marketable matchups in the semifinals. You got Bader. Facing Mitrion. Uh they're friends, but they're both well-known fighters. Uh, Mitrion for being on uh, Tough and making his name there. Bader for being a former, um, or not former, but being the current Bellator champ and uh, form a big name. And I, didn't Bader win Tough too?
1: Now that I think about it, yeah, he w- um, almost. Yeah, I'm almost positive he won. If he did, um, the, I know the, he uh, was in the finals at least. Because who did he fight? Yes, he he was in the finals, and I'm I'm almost positive he won. Um, it was when they did the the what heavyweight, light heavyweight. Mm-hmm. I believe that yeah. was. I mean, it was, it was years ago, but it, it was um, a while
0: yeah. ago. Yeah, I I I I'm having trouble remembering who it was as well. But anyway, if he didn't win, I know he was on an stuff. But like I said, he's made a name for himself, uh, so having that matchup is great. And then on the opposite side, you got Fedor and Chell, and Chell versus a uh, uh, wet cardboard box is
1: must-see
0: must uh, television. I saw some clips, and I'm, hopefully I'll get to pull it for, um, for things as we get closer to that, but he called out Fedor and called his record garbage back when Fado was at his heyday. He was like, all these people in Japan uh, fighting. He was like, this stuff is fake. It's rigged. It's like Fado winning for all this time. That's rigged. He's nobody. Uh, let him come over to the U.S. And, and see what happens. And sure enough, most of the people who were um, big-time names in pride had not seen the same level of success in the U.S. and in the major promotions over here. As soon as Fedor came over, I mean, he won against uh, Brett Grim Rogers, but then after that, everything else, uh, for the most part, were losses for him. Um, the the only people I can think of who were big time in Pride, who also did well uh, outside of Pride, are Rampage and, uh, and Shogun. I can't think of anyone else offhand who na- made a name in Pride and then continued to have a successful career outside
1: of. Yeah, as a matter of fact, I didn't even I didn't even think about Shogun as you were talking about. The only person I could think of off the top of my head was, was Rampage. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, if it is, the list is not long. No, not not at all.
0: All right, let us move on to. Um, to UFC 224 and give the aftermath for that. Uh, speaking of people who um, who've had some success uh, outside of the UFC, uh, that the uh, the curtain circle boy, Machida and Belfort. Man, uh, go go ahead, 'cause because we our discussion is off air about this. I think you're you're taking your analysis was so on point so I'm going to I give the floor to you on that
1: um yeah I actually I didn't get a chance to to actually watch it live but obviously um it was the the like kind of the knockout that everybody got a chance to to see and it was all over uh, social media and and all over even the news circuits um uh, Mishida, you know ended up uh, winning KO with a front kick and um you know beat uh Belfort uh, that was his retirement fight that he I mm-hmm. believe he left his gloves in the in the uh in the the octagon there on, on his way out and and uh I believe it was an article from MMA Junkie that just said that the way that Belfort went out with the front kick um was just so poetic um I mean one of the the these one of the biggest draws uh years ago with Anderson Silva was the Vitor Belfort fight and uh, I still remember the commercials where they were talking about the the fastest hands in MMA and 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 then they kind of threw that the the monkey and the monkey wrench in it and said it's not Anderson silver we're talking about and and Belfort lost in um same style front kick right um, super quick and and then Masheda uh I believe um just I mean it was just I don't know. I don't even know how to describe it. I mean, just watching it, because, you know, Belfort is just a name that is synonymous with MMA, and, and um, he's just been there, and he's just he's a, he's a staple of, of the UFC uh, as well and, and, you know, different promotions. But uh, just to see him go out in just this crazy fashion and just take the front kick, I mean, went down, and then to, to get up, and retire. And if I'm not mistaken, uh, watching it, you can hear even the background without the mics necessarily on, you can hear the entire crowd chanting his name. And it was just, it was, uh, I mean, aptly put, it was poetic, you know, him mm-hmm. leaving the gloves and, wa- and walking off. And, uh, but at the same time, just an, uh, an epic fight and, um, you know, Mashida I believe is called out Bisping. Um, for for his uh, retirement fight. (laughs) If I were Biz Ping I wouldn't want any
0: parts of that. What really stood out to me initially when it happened was this is the same, or it's a modified version of the same way that Machida retired uh, Randy Couture. He retired Randy Couture with a reverse leg front kick knocked his tooth out. And same thing this time. Now he didn't do it the karate kid style like he did with um with uh, with Couture. you know, he didn't do the crane kick, but it was still reverse leg front kick that took him out. And if I were Bispeak, saying that he's retired, two greats <laughs> with a reverse <laughs> leg front kick, knockout. I probably would not be fighting machine in my last fight. That's just me. Like that, it you know, doesn't that, seem like those go well uh, for people <laughs> at all. So yeah, I would. Uh, I probably say thanks for no thanks
1: on that one. I had totally was a forgotten great about the Kator fight. I had forgotten about that. So that even that just makes it even even better in the grand scheme. So it was like a, a double déjà vu kind of thing going on. Exactly, exactly, yeah. Uh, now, the next fight on that
0: card was the Voices marquee matchup, and, boy, was it a matchup to behold. John Hansen Stone Lineker versus Brian Kelleher. They were going at it. First round, Kelleher saw some success, uh, but then after that, uh, Lineker in just his – trademark style, finds a way to get you in a brawl. Now, Kelleher did a good job of moving to try to stay out of those brawls and stay out of that pocket, Uh, but unfortunately he was not able to stay away uh, far enough, and his chin held up, though. I'll say this. Kelleher was getting rocked the entire fight. And Lineker, not only are his hands made of stone, his chin is as well. I've yet to see him even be hurt for real. And he took some massive, massive shots from Kelleher. But he was able to stand in there, and it was a bit too much for Kelleher. He caught him right on the button on the chin uh, as uh, Big Shaq said in his song, uh, I'm going to spin his jaw. And that's just what he did. Lineker spent – Kelleher's jaw uh, scrambled his brain, and it was lights out. I really like how uh, Lineker composed himself after that. He knew the fight was done. When he hit the ground, he just stood there to see, okay, I'm standing here. Ref, you going to come in, or do I need to hit him again (laughs) for you to stop it? And the ref came in and did it. A lot has been made also, going back to the, the previous fight, about how Machida also composed himself, hit him with it, stood there in the Superman pose with his hands on his hips, and then after that bowed. Like, dude, that, that those are going to be some uh, some iconic photos for years to come. People are going to see that, that and just remember uh, what a great night that it was. Yeah, uh, so that that was that. All right, Mackenzie Dern and Amanda Bobby Cooper. I put out a post before everything, and I said I'm making it a Bellator night. I was not going to go and watch this fight. I really wasn't until Mackenzie Dern came in uh, two pounds under the uh, <laughs> the flyweight limit the for the yeah. fight. You know, when, when that happened, I was like, okay, hold on, wait a minute. I, I think I may want to go see what happens because she's come in so overweight. Uh, has had all the drama about being asked to leave her camp, uh, specifically because it didn't seem like she wanted to train as much as they wanted her to train, to develop. I, I just wanted to see what was going on, man. Cooper had a nice call out of her afterward, calling everything disrespectful, how she approached things and, and all of that. So I was like, okay, I think I may need to go out and see this fight. Uh, what were your thoughts?
1: Um, yeah, when I, I remember I was following uh, the uh, weigh-ins on Twitter, and I actually had to, and it, typically I don't have to open the article or read it, because it's usually pretty uh, cut and dry that, you know, so-and-so weighed this much, mm-hmm. and when I, when I saw her weight, I had to click on it, because I thought that that sounded like seven, eight pounds over overweight, and, you know, I get a pound, I get a half a pound. Shoot, I'll give you two pounds. But uh almost ten pounds was, was crazy. And then I saw that uh, uh Cooper decided that she was going to fight uh with part of Dern's purse. Um yeah
0: nine part uh, of it. Yeah well, let me very little yeah, nice but it but it, it pr- <laughs> pretty much was probably gonna equal her show and win money by taking the portions of it. I know Uh, which I don't Mm -hmm. get, but the commission said, okay, 10%. And the UFC was like, no, that is not enough for coming in two pounds under the next weight class. So they added an additional 20 to that. So she got 30% of her show. And then uh, they worked something out between each other where um, she also got 15% of her win bonus as well. So it, it was worth her while to do it. And with all that being said, though, it kind of makes me scratch my head with how hard she was on her about coming in overweight because, like, look, it looks like she was doing what she could to make uh, amends for it. But then again, you come in two pounds under the limit, you missed your flight, so you got there late, so you couldn't, you know, cut weight, and just looking at her in the ring, in the uh, cage during that fight, I was like, "Dude, this chick—it doesn't look like she did any kind of of, of anything. She got, uh, you know, she's her belly is hanging over her pants. You know, her arms are all flabby. It was like, did did you do anything, uh, <laughs> to to try to get in in shape for this fight?"
1: It, yeah, it I really mean, doesn't her, look like it. Yeah, her her fight weight was—I mean—was just that. I mean, and and you know not saying that she's this ridiculously heavy chick, but I mean, her, her, because she already came in like with an eight pound advantage, seven pound advantage, um, you know, when she started to rehydrate and even if she was any kind of dehydrated coming into it, but when she started to rehydrate and put that weight back on, um, I mean, she already had a, almost a 10, 10, pound advantage going into it. And, and obviously it, it showed, um, you know, she, she didn't have the dehydration that, that, you know Cooper probably had going in to, to keep underweight, and she wasn't limiting her, her her intake, and so she had the more energy and yeah, you're mm-hmm. right, just looking at the two standing there um i mean there was a, a vastly noticeable difference um even if you didn't he, he know the thing that no I even mean, yeah, if, if you didn't know uh who was who, you would be able to tell that one of them uh well, one of them significantly heavier than the other right i mean. You could just see the as they stood there, yeah, here's what's interesting, though they had
0: to weigh in they weighed in before the fight, and the commission said that Dern couldn't weigh so much more than whatever she weighed uh the day before and continue to fight, so it's not like they weren't really on her about this. They made her do a test cut before the previous cut to get down to a certain level because they weren't going to let her fight at all because she came in so heavy. She was like 140 something uh when she got to Brazil. They were like, "No, we're not going to let you fight." It's like, you know, unless you can get down to I think it was like 131. She was like 139. Unless you can get down to 131 uh on the day before, then we're not going to let you fight. She did, but then and which that makes things even worse, um, you know, well, I guess, it's all right. But anyway, she had to do the cut. She just couldn't get it off. You know, and and it is what it is. But on the day of the fight, she weighed back around that one thirty nine that she did when she first got there. Cooper was only three pounds less than she was, though. On the day of the fight, she was like one thirty six. Hmm. But that that but you're right that the the but if, yeah, things, it's a different cut. Yeah. 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 The the optics definitely were in her favor, and honestly that had a lot to do with in my opinion how the fight turned out she had that additional weight so throwing that shot she had more power behind it because you got more mass too so i you know yeah, that, that,
1: was, that uh, the the I mean. weight differential um between the two i mean just just looking at them and seeing the weight cut um i would assume that a lot of the weight put back on uh by cooper probably was just rehydration and, and Finally, having some kind of a decent meal. I mean, it's really just kind of throwing water weight back in, as opposed to actually having the meat on your bones. So, yeah, it, mm-hmm. you know, it, it different with the strikes. um it's different with, uh, you know, the, the obviously the takedown. You're the bigger, heavier fighter. Once you get her on the ground, I mean, kind of, kind of manipulate her where and how you want her. Um, I did think it was interesting. Um, since we were just talking about how the UFC kind of uh had punished uh, Dern a little bit extra with the purse, yet Mackenzie Dern just made her first appearance on the straw weight rankings at uh fifteen. <laughs> even though you know, she uh I didn't,
0: didn't actually, that, yeah.
1: Yeah. And no, yet yeah, yes. she didn't actually she hasn't weighed in as a straw weight. <laughs> but now she is yeah, the number 15 ranked straw, straw weight. Length. Yeah. Well, before, but the not this time. Yeah. Not this time here, and I just thought that was uh interesting. I believe who uh, was fifteen before, uh, Angela Hill. <laughs> she's the one that uh had tweeted it out that she was uh To put it lightly, she's not very happy that she got bumped by somebody, uh, as she calls a uh, that she got bumped by a, a flyweight.
0: <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't be either. Now that's crazy. How do you make the <laughs> strawweight rankings? coming in two pounds under flyweight. Yeah. That's crazy. That's crazy. Uh, Something else that was crazy was that fight between Gaslam and Jacare. Man. Got fighting tonight. They both got $50,000 for it. That was so close. Who did you think won the fight?
1: Um, I actually had a – uh, I'm drawing a blank. Uh, um I did, okay. uh, but it was one of those where watching it, it was, I've, I've, I'm going to give this round to them, but if they give it uh, uh, to Salza, then I can't, you know, I, I won't argue with it. I'll put it that way. You know, it was just one of those that I just, watching it, my personal, I mean, I, I'm not any kind of a an expert judge, but I've watched MMA a lot, and uh, that's just really what it came down to. I felt like, all right, you know, maybe more significant strikes this round, or or maybe more, uh, you know, just uh, more thrown. Uh, maybe he was walking forward a little bit more than, and so I did go there. I know that um, not everyone agrees with me, but uh, and honestly, you know, if I watch the fight again, maybe I won't agree with me. <laughs> so uh, it was it was a, a really good fight, though.
0: Yeah, It was. It was a good fight. It was a closely contested fight. And I would be one of the people in the camp that does not agree with you. Um, I understand, especially listening to a number of the pundits, as to why Gasol got the nod. But in that, la- I mean, because it was obvious. First round, all Jacare. Second round, all Gasoline. Third round, it was really back and forth. Though Jacare looked Absolutely exhausted. Every time he threw, he threw with a lot of power, and his shots were the more uh, damaging of the the shots. Was Gassolim catching him with some things? Yes, it kind of reminds me of uh, of like a Bisping kind of fight where you know he's got a lot of volume, but not a lot on it. Whereas mm-hmm. the other person has, you know, more, the the strikes were more significant. And that's what I saw. Many people and many punishers said that a lot of it had to do with body language, and because Jacare looked so bad, it just did not play well in their minds. It's like, how could you win this round looking so bad? Where to me, it's the exact opposite. It's like, oh, my goodness, you look like you're on death's door, but every time you throw, you are, you know, throwing with, Bad intentions, and you're, you know, you're making connections. Now, granted, Gaston's got a really good chin, so mm-hmm. there wasn't much movement of his head with the shots, and I think that had a lot to do with it. it but he was definitely hitting with the hardest shots, uh, and I gave it to, to Jaco. I mean, again, it was so close you can't you can't be upset with it going either way. But I thought for sure, with it being in Brazil that there was no way that i going to
1: give that fight
0: to gas to them.
1: <laughs> that, that actually is something I, I hadn't really weighed. Um, yeah, that actually surprised me a little um, that they, it didn't go the other
0: way. Yeah. All right. The main event, which was also um, much, much controversy, uh, again, from conversations that happened in the case, just like on the Bellator card, uh Amanda Nunez defeats Raquel Pennington in the fifth round, but it was what happened before the fifth round that has all the discussion uh, going. If you're not familiar, uh, fight fans, uh, which if you're a fight fan, you, you definitely probably know about this already. Raquel Pennington said to her corner, or it, and it was caught on camera, I want to be done. I, I I want to be done with the fight. It's, it was like she was looking for a way out, mm-hmm. and her corner did not give her that way out. I tweeted out immediately that this was indefensible, but as we were preparing for the show and I was sharing with Josh, you have to have the whole story to make a, uh informed decision. Based on what I saw and what I knew of, it was indefensible. As I got more information, though, um, it, it makes a lot more sense. But I want to get your thoughts on it before I. I well, you know, I'm talking already. I might as well share it.
1: But that. Okay, but I'm, I, I'm actually interested what else you found. Okay, all right. Um, to see if that kind of sways my. I mean, I have my own uh, Yo, uh, opinion is that on why it. why
0: I wanted to get your like, opinion yeah. before I did it. But um, but I, I'll share because it, it definitely has changed my outlook on things. Before she said those things, she told her corner, my leg is hurting and I want to be done. Now, if I'm in her corner and I hear that, I would have probably done what they did. No, you are not going to allow some pain to keep you from going out there and trying to win the fight. You will be so upset with yourself if I allow you a way out because your leg is hurting. And especially knowing uh, the history of, okay, yeah, your leg hurts, you had the ATV accident, you know, all the other stuff going into it. I could see pushing someone out for something of that nature because there are things I, I pushed my son to go to school this week with a, a hurt stomach, and I knew why his stomach was hurting. It was like, okay, yeah, um you know, you haven't been eating enough vegetables, so your stomach hurts. Okay, go ahead, go to school. Little did I know, he um, he had a virus as well. He had strep throat, uh, you know, but he was just talking about his stomach. I was like, well, if this is about your stomach, then you can go out and, and do it. So um, it's not uncommon in life to encourage people to press past their pain to get done what needs to get done. So – With having all that information, I can't fault them as much. And uh, Pennington, as well as, and I've been calling her her spouse, I thought they were married. They're not. They're just engaged. Uh, um, Teacher Torres, you know, both of them come out and said, look, we agree with the decision to push her out. Uh, She should have gone. And, you know, Raquel was like, no, they did right. They did right by encouraging me to go out. Uh, it de- the optics aren't good, especially with how things ended, you know. But I could definitely understand how and why that happened. Now having the full story, so with having the full story, Josh, what are your opinions now?
1: Uh, it ha- it hasn't changed much because my opinion okay. wasn't my opinion hasn't been so one sided. Um now I do look at it and I disagree with what they did. I disagree with sending her back out, but not necessarily because she only asked to be taken out. Um there's a couple things that I would have taken into account when she came over. One was uh we spoke about it in the last fight, body language. What's her body language? Yeah. Um what's her what's her face? What what is she telling you with her body, not necessarily what she's saying? And when she said it, and she slumped up against the cage, and she just put her head down, and she was saying it, um, and you know the coach, I think even had to tell her, "Hey, look at me, look at me. This is what we're going to do." Um, I don't, I don't fault the coaches at all for trying to talk her into it. I understand this is a title fight. I understand this isn't, this isn't something that just, you know, you just pluck it out of a hat any time you want. Um, I get it. But what I would have done personally as a corner, because not only do you have the responsibility of helping her get a title and and helping train her, but you have the responsibility for her her health and and for her safety. And what I would have liked to have seen is is he talked and he gave her that chance. And then right before it was time to go back out that they sit down and say, Hey, you tell me now, do you want to go back out there or not? Right. And if she says, no, you're right, my bad, go back out. But I also, I also look at it that once she went out there, and she got taken down again. At that point, you should have just done the talent. You, sh- you should have quit it. Um, you know, let her go out there and, and like you said, like you said, you need to go out there and throw everything. Throw everything as hard as you got, because you don't want her to quit. And then she has she's one slipped haymaker away from knocking out Nunez, and now you you win the title, in this this epic comeback. But once she was taken down, you knew that. The, at best, she was just going to grind up the clock, and at worst, you were going to take more damage to that face. Um, you should have stopped the fight at that point. Um, I don't agree with them not stopping it then and actually letting uh, letting it go just a little bit longer before I believe it was uh, uh, strikes, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I yeah, would have liked fight, and fight down to down
0: stop In the fifth round,
1: yeah. Because once she was taken down, I mean, there was no chance you were going to win. And like I said, at best case scenario for you is that Nunez just holds you on the ground. Um, worst case scenarios, you get you get stopped by strikes on a face that's already pretty badly mangled. Um, so I don't. Again, I don't. To to kind of recap, I don't disagree with the the corner trying to talk her into it. I don't like the fact that they never gave her the option again to reiterate, yeah. "Are you finally done or are you not?" Um, and I know that she's going and saying, "Well, the coaches did what they should have." And I I get it. Sure. You know, I know that um that's but what are you gonna say? You know, uh it's one of those that you, you don't want the coach to throw it out there and then all of a sudden there's regrets. You don't want um you don't want the coach to throw in the towel and, and say that, hey, this is what's going on, but at the same time, you know, it's their responsibility that when, when you're going out there and, and you're wholeheartedly stuck on, on winning this 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 belt and sometimes your corner has to save you from yourself. Look, man, or in this case, you know, yeah, woman. Well, ma- mankind, um, man. <laughs> yeah, mankind. Yeah, look, look, we've got to, we've got, we can't do this anymore. And I've seen good corners do it, and I've seen those same fighters stand up for for those um, those coaches that said, look, without this, um, you know, who knows where I would have been. Um, there's just a lot of. Uh, I think uh, there was another fighter UFC recently. Um, I think it was last year, maybe 2016. Uh, it might have been Gilbert Melendez mm-hmm. um, it, where he was taking the leg kicks and he yeah. had said the same that I think I'm done. Um, and they basically had him go back out and he's taken more, he took more damage to that leg. And I think he's still suffering from some leg issues um, f- from the, that fight. And I know that he's also saying that, you know, he supports his coaches and stands by him, and, um, and, of course, I, I wouldn't see why he wouldn't. Um, but that's just my take on it. I, I thought that just looking and reading her body language, um, it was telling. I understand when people say something in pain and they don't mean it. Um, I mean, I played a lot of sports. I played basketball, football, soccer. And there was times where I did something stupid. You know, I'd go in the locker room and throw my towel. I'm done with this, man. I can't do anything. You know, And I didn't really mean take me out of the game and don't let me play anymore. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, but there was this also times where I got hit. Yeah, yeah it was frustration, and I was I was I was hurt. You know, I wasn't making the shots or whatever it was. Um, but then there was also times as the coach on the opposite side where I've seen somebody come off the bench and they just kind of slouched down the chair and go I, I I don't know. And so you know, I've I sat down and asked, "Look, man, you got this. We practice this. I know you know what you're doing," and, and I talked them up. And then, but I asked them, "But you got to get your head right. Is, is your head mm-hmm. in the game?" Cause I can send in the backup and I have no problem doing it. I'd rather you go out there cause I know you've practiced and worked hard for it. But sometimes man, when, when, when you're in pain and you just, I mean, she was down four rounds to nothing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it was, it was make or break. And um, that's, that's just my side of it. I would have liked to have seen her option and uh, I would have liked to have seen uh, the corner step in when she got taken down. In the fifth yeah,
0: round. I, I, and I agree. I think that that was the key piece that was missing. Now, whether or not the corner could have stopped the fight is a different story. You know, different commissions have different rules and guidelines, and some will allow for a corner uh, to intervene. Others will not. So whether or not they could have done that, don't know. But I agree wholeheartedly that mm-hmm. there should have been the option Given That would have made all the difference in the world. I think about the fight, and I thought that's what you were going to speak about, but um, early this year when the UFC was in my hometown for the first time, and Paige Van Zandt started off through that spinning um, forearm attack and broke her arm, she oh, let them yeah. know in the corner, hey, my arm is broken. And they're like, okay, well, what do you want to do? It's like, you know, you want to stop it? No, I'm just letting you know what's going on so that you can now help me with game planning due to the fact that I'm incapacitated, you know. Mm-hmm. So, and I, I've seen that happen in boxing matches as well. It's like, you know, my hand's broken. It's like, you want me to stop the fight? It's like, no. So give me that, – that, that's the way to go. Give them the option. Okay, I hear what you're saying. I hear that you're saying you want to be done, but do you really want to be done? Do you want to wake up tomorrow knowing that you could have gone out this round, given everything you had, and actually won the fight, or do you want this to be over now? If you want it to be over now, we'll call it. Um, that, that would have been the better way to go again. You only have a minute. It's a knee-jerk reaction. They did what they thought was best at the time, uh, so I can't, I can't fault them fully on that but yeah the ideal situation would be to give the option and hopefully this is a good lesson for other corners going forward uh, that when they're in these situations in the heat of the battle that they'll think about how to approach it from this perspective all
1: right yeah absolutely and and I would like to see it for for all fighters and I know that one of the things is well if this was a man would you do the same thing? And I've seen multiple corners. As a matter of fact, I was watching somebody um, tag the end of a fight. Um, I can't remember who it was, uh, where he sat down on a stool, and well, it, he it hung was, his this, head. This he said, "I'm fight. done," and uh, it was crazy.
0: Or uh, you know, I, let me not say that. It was. I was going to say, um, I know on this card, I can't remember the guy's name. Uh, some Eastern European fighter whose eye was. All kinds of, of swollen and closed. And the corner was like, that's it, dude. I, I can't let you go on um, any further, which you're saying that a lot more. I think also Joe Lozano's corner doing the same thing for him uh, on u 23 mm-hmm. when he came back. It was like, look, dude, you're done. You, you got absolutely yeah. destroyed. I don't know how you're standing up. Let's, you know, let's, let's keep
1: it pushing yeah but, and i yeah, believe man. uh even going back to bellator when uh rory mcdonald was fighting for the belt um i know that mm-hmm. that uh he had to talk his coaches down from stopping the fight with his leg and he told them, uh just let me get in there and take him down if i can go in there and take him down it doesn't hurt it doesn't matter and he was able to kind of convince his coaches to let me stay in with that that whew, that leg <laughs> yes uh but you know and so i i get it but again it's it's a body language thing if the fighters egging you to stay to stay in the fight, then then mentally they're there. And sometimes you do have to save them from themselves, but, um, you know, in, in Rory's case, he said, look, let me get down there and take him down. If I can take him down, then we're then we're golden. You know, he can't kick me on the ground. And, right. you know, lo and behold, it's what he did, and he, and, he, and he won the title. I mean, I know the controversy would have been there if Corner would have stopped it, but right. I think this was a very different scenario. Very, I mean, she just looked defeated, and – uh I would like to see that for any fighter, any gender, any, any sport, that when that comes in, look, I'm done. You know, talk them up as right much in. as you can, but, but it's got to be their opinion. If they're still done, their right. option, then you, you've got to let them – you've got to respect that.
0: Exactly, because they're the ones that are out there, not you. So I, I'm yeah. with you wholeheartedly. All right, let's uh, put a bow on this. I do want to give a shout-out to Jack Hermanson. Uh, he had a phenomenal fight with Talus Latis. Latis was winning decidedly, and Jack was visibly injured, so much so that Mark Goddard said going into, I want to say it was round two, he was like, look, your fighter's hurt. You need to find out what's going on with him uh, because your fighter is hurt. So everyone knew that he was hurt, thought that he was hurt because of his leg. He felt funny. And then after that you saw some bulging, matter coming out on the side of his knee but it wasn't that it was a broken rib in the first round and it was just so difficult for him to continue but he found a way to win the fight like in the last minute oh my goodness it was so uh thrilling uh, and he said after the fight he's like look he is a phenomenal fighter you know but he and because also they just had him in a a guillotine, but he was like, look, I learned that defense on my 1st jujitsu class. <laughs> I have the best ground and pound in the world, and when I connect, no one stands a chance. And he even said, he "Like, look, everybody's talking about Khabib's ground and pound, but when I throw ground and pound, people go out. They don't go out with Khabib. They go out with me, and, and hey, I have to uh, agree with him wholeheartedly. He got down there, and he kept punching, and he put him out so shout out to jacker manson for excellent fight excellent um commentary after the fight as well yeah all right well uh thanks so much josh i'm looking forward to the next episode of the aftermath aftermath yes sir (laughs) And uh, for those who – well, you'll see it when, when you listen. But anyway, make sure that you are uh, subscribing to TrackStar Sports wherever you get your podcast. And if you are an Android user, we encourage you to use Podcast Republic. We're a feature station there. It's easy to find and subscribe, and you get all the wonderful content that TrackStar Sports has for you, whether it be MMA, MLB, uh, uh, NBA, NFL, you name it, we've got it. And, yeah, and, and we even got real football, too, coming with Sports Talk with Mo. Can't <laughs> wait uh, for that to get started. But, yeah, uh, that's it. That. Any, any parting words for the fight fans?
1: No, just uh keep tuning in. If you got any questions or anything, throw them up on Twitter. If you follow Trackstar Sports on Twitter, um I mean we we enjoy discussing um actual questions about the different promotions, what we like, don't like, things we'd like to see changed. Um and I'd love to hear from other people. Like I said, it's hard to find people that that uh are willing to, that know enough about MMA to talk it. And um, I mean Twitter's a place to do it. I know Facebook, you guys have a Facebook page as well, so uh, jump on there. Follow these guys. Good stuff. Great stuff. Yeah, f- and
0: Follow Josh as well throughout your uh, your Twitter
1: handle. Uh, it's at Bearded Moose, but that's M 0 S E. So at Bearded Moose with two zeros, double zero. Yeah, and uh,
0: my personal one is the Voice. T H A. V is in Victor. O Y is in Yankee. Z is in Zulu. E. And that's my social handle for everything, Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, though I don't use it, so don't follow me on Snap because you're not going to see anything. <laughs> uh, Instagram, that, that's mine for everything. But then also you can keep up with TrackStar Sports via all those same uh, uh, platforms I spoke about with the exception of Snapchat. So IG, Twitter, Facebook, join the Debate Field Facebook group and talk to us directly there about sports as well. Um, Yeah, we're we're here for you. We'd love to know your thoughts about fights and upcoming fighters and promotions and all that. Love to chop it up with you. Um, Yeah, until next time, it's the Bearded Moose and your man, The Voice, and we're sounding off.